0: Welcome back to another episode of The Miles Driven with me, Miles. And me, Sam, who has once again hasn't got a greeting. Aww. I was looking forward to it this week, mate. What's going <laughs> on? I honestly don't know. <laughs> uh, so this week we're going to cover off a little bit of news to begin with, and then we're going to talk about fuel. So there's uh, E5 versus E10. Everyone will know that recently there was a switch, so that you now, if you buy the regular unleaded fuel, you get E10, and you get E5 if you buy super unleaded. Sam's brought up in a couple of podcasts having to pay more for fuel and having to buy super-loaded a few times. So I thought, actually, let's just bring up what the differences are and are you paying more for something that is making no difference or is it making a little bit of difference and everything else? Um, and we're also going to talk about the Maserati Quattro that I had drive driving last year. thought it was worth it. It's on Instagram and uh, a few people have just mentioned about the car and I really liked being in that car. It's probably not the one many people would dive straight to if they wanted the Quattroporte because the later one had a few more styling tweaks. But I just thought it was a great car, so I'm going to talk about that. First off, we'll do the news. Sam, do you want me to do the news or do you want to... No, Matt, you can crack on with the news. You've got it in front of you. So first thing was, and we talked about this a few podcasts ago, Toyota have confirmed that the Supra is going to get a manual gearbox. Whee! Yeah, <laughs> I've been waiting for that because it was it was sort of teased... And they're not officially announced. Yeah. So if you were really into it and you were like, oh, yeah, that'd be great, a, a manual one, that would be fantastic. And then they sort of pulled back a little bit and said, well, it, it might happen. But like, well, yesterday you said it was definitely going to happen. <laughs> so now they've confirmed it. So there will be a manual version of the Toyota Supra. From what I understand, it's going to be both the 2-litre and the 3-litre. But very good. Um, certainly it looks like the 3-litre will get the... Uh, Manual gearbox, so chomping at the bit. Yeah, I mean, I still want a GR86, so it doesn't change that for me. Not chomping at the bit, (laughs) but no, I think it's great if you if you wanted to buy a Supra. Hopefully, it will get a few more buyers for the Supra who do realise that this is that opportunity to go and buy something that's a sports car with a manual gearbox with a three liter turbocharged engine, and that we keep saying over and over again, oh, you're not going to get another chance to do it, but it probably is that that yeah. it's going to be the last chance possibly they'll be we I mean you never know what's going to happen in the future but as things stand if you if you've got that budget and you're looking around I just don't think there's much else that offers that same amount of engagement yeah, it's probably not so the the other thing um which came up this is an interesting one because it's Peugeot uh, sorry it's Renault to say it not like a Peugeot no, <laughs> Renault seem to do anything and everything as in they'll do mad stuff yeah yeah then for a while they'll do nothing but took basically. <laughs> and then every now and again, they go, oh, let's do something quite amazing. Okay. Now okay. <laughs> they, pull it out the back. Do you remember when they did the, the Clio V6? Oh, yeah, yeah. So a couple of engineers in, in France scratched in and went, shall we just put a V6 engine in? Someone said, oh, we can't do that. It won't fit in the front. And they went, well, well let put it in the back. Yeah, what about if we just take the back seats out? <laughs> well, how are we going to call cool it? Well, we'll just make the car really wide and put some air vents on the side like a supercar actually yes this this seemed like a sensible idea for our small hatchback and they did yeah. it and they sold two generations the phase yeah, one and the phase two yeah. Fair, i mean and then they sort of made dreary hatchbacks for a little while and they went oh actually let's make the uh, megan uh, 225 and let's make the r26 afterwards as well yeah, yeah with that's got windows that are made of plastic yeah and you just think <laughs> yeah. what, who, is it do they, do they sort of send some engineers off yeah, it's like they've got two different shifts, but yeah. the shifts are actually like Years long. decades yeah. long. <laughs> they just have to go, oh, sorry, lads, it's your go now, come back. Oh, oh, God, have you seen yeah. what we've been doing for a little while here? God, someone bring back the time. Maybe, no maybe them and Peugeot swap over. Maybe Peugeot make the odd. Every crazy now and again, things. they do so cracking stuff. Maybe they stuff. only have one designer. That would make a lot of sense. You've got sensible Michael designer, yeah. and you've got Pierre. Yes, yeah, the sort wild. Of exude, yeah. from, he's been shunned from the family because he's a bit out there and a bit wild and he goes around and designs just a load of spaceships. Yeah, I love the idea that in France there's, say, 50 engineers and they split into two groups of 25 and yeah. 25 of them are wild <laughs> and the other 25 are very sensible <laughs> yeah. and they just trade between the two manufacturers. You've got an image of the wild ones. They're very, very, very old, stereotypically cartoon Frenchmen. You've yes. he on a... One of those flat caps with a mm-hmm. cigarette and a, some clothes of garlic around his neck and a blue and white stripy top. And he doesn't care what anyone thinks about No. And the other yeah. one wears a black roll neck jumper yes. and a pair of very sensible glasses. Yes. Looks very Swedish. And he drives like that Citroen C8, the one yes. with a really yeah. sort of good suspension. Yeah. You know? Whereas Pierre drives a, uh, a red and white striped 2CV. Yeah, with, with a V8 in it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that just hangs out the back. Yeah. So Renault have said they are, or at least they're teasing this sort of information, but they're showing a concept which is likely to have a hydrogen power plant to it. We don't know at the minute whether it's going to be hydrogen fuel cell for a battery or, more interestingly, a hydrogen combustion engine. And the only other manufacturer that I can think that's really gone this way so far is Toyota. I think I talked about this, they got the V8 out of the Lexus RCF, modified it and made it run off. Hydrogen, so then it's burning. Uh, f- it's burning hydrogen fuel out of the exhaust. Is coming water. Yeah. Nothing else. You know, you're, well, I shouldn't say water, but it's it's um, water vapor. And it looks like Renault are going to be the ones that possibly I'll say possibly have a crack at that as well. We we don't know for certain yet. But what it's just really interesting that those. I mean, these car these car companies are not similar. No, not at all. In <laughs> in their approach to things. <laughs> And yet, I mean, I know they make similar classed vehicles, but their approach to it is completely different. And so for both of them to think, yeah, let's have a little look at hydrogen combustion, particularly because you'd think the easy answer for Renault would be, say, well, just put a battery and everything and problem solved. And yeah. if, if they're, because they make sort of smaller, cheaper, what they're really selling is smaller, cheaper vehicles. If you could put, say, 50 kilowatt battery packs in all of them, you get rid of all of your warranty claims of any issues you've ever had yeah, from a mechanical yeah, side. Yeah, uh, you'd think that would be the, the way they want to go down. The fact that they're sort of possibly going to say, actually, we want to stick with a combustion engine and we want to run it off hydrogen, which is a completely new technology. The only thing I can think of is that they've realised what a lot of people have been saying for a while, which is electric cars are still expensive. Mm-hmm. We picked that up in one of the previous podcasts, that they still are quite a large premium. Yeah. Now, for people who buy on payments, which is the majority, that does get evened out a little bit because obviously the residuals a bit stronger. Yeah, of course. But at the moment, we don't really, we still don't know, say, five years down the line for the latest battery technology. Yeah, we don't know what it's going to be like. No, and this is why a lot of used car dealers that sort of I've had a little chat with about it have, have said the same thing to me. If you go down the auction, uh, they, they'd still rather pick up a combustion engine car that's five years old because they... They know that. They know that really, really well. They know what to look for. With a battery pack, they can say to someone, what does it say on the range? And they can then yeah. work out on their head or how much has it lost or it probably should be all right. But they're a bit fearing of the fact that if there is something wrong, the bill is going to wipe out well, any chance yeah, of it. Catastrophic, isn't and it? And because they're not that interested, that then keeps driving the residuals down because it's got to get cheaper and cheaper before anyone will put their, their hand up in the auction halls. Yeah. Which I think is, is fair to say for a lot of people. If you're looking right now and you're thinking, Oh, I remember I said to you a while ago, I, thought, I said um, BMW i3. Yeah. And I was looking for I a commuting car. About on the podcast, actually. Yeah. And I, I said, well, that could you know, just do that journey for me. And I thought, well, what about if it was broken? Because so, no, I know I, I made yeah. that joke of that Renault I had. I would just leave it on the side of the road. <laughs> just, just call someone, tell them it's there. Take it and scrap it. I'm not yeah. interested anymore if you've spent thousands of pounds on something you're not going mm-hmm. to have that no you're not going to have that mentality where you think well that's all right i'm just out and buy some cows now no exactly and also how far away are we from it just not being able to work anymore are we five hundred thousand miles away are we five miles away you know? yeah exactly it's the constant terror that you'd be going through with anything you bought oh definitely yeah so it's just interesting and so what it sort of says to me is that i know uh that for, for a hydrogen combustion engine the, the premium because you're not putting all the batteries in you're just changing the fuel tank Mm -hmm. to something that has to be much more reinforced because you're having to contain hydrogen in it and then having new technology to burn that hydrogen in a in a combustion engine it's it's sort of an evolution of what we've got now not revolution yeah like with electric cars, which would make more sense it would make the most sense as long as you can get the hydrogen which I say is another question, but I mean, for a lot of the big stuff, heavy stuff, they're they're just looking at hydrogen, yeah, um, and hydrogen combustion. They're, that's what they're looking at. Yeah, you also want to try in something like lorries first, don't you? Yeah, and, and they're the ones. That the the trouble is, and this is what we're going to get onto with fuels in just a second. Is uh, you don't get the density. Of, so when you put fuel into an engine, a lot of people think combustion engine. It's bad. It pollutes. It's not the engine. It's the fuel you put in it. So if you put a clean fuel in a say like a uh, you can buy e-fuels today and put them in your fuel tank and run them in your car and you'll have no emissions coming out the back. Because it will burn that fuel. A mm-hmm. combustion engine doesn't necessarily care as long as whatever you put into the into the cylinder will will compress as the piston goes up and down. So it it's more down to what fuel you're putting into it. But different fuels have different energy densities, which means for some fuels, you don't need to put much in to get a lot of power. For other fuels, you have to put more in to get the same amount of power. Yeah. And that's the big thing about ethanol, which is what we're going to get onto, which is you could put 100% ethanol in your tank, but the density of uh, of, of, uh, of power, the density of energy that's in that means it needs to put more in to get the same amount out. Mm-hmm. And that. Does that make sense to you, Sam? Yeah, it makes sense to me. Yeah. I'm hoping it makes sense to all the listeners because obviously they're listening with a set of headphones in or something or uh, listening in the car. Yeah. I want to try and make it as easy as possible just to sort of get in your head
1: first yeah, off. Yeah, and that, is, makes,
0: that makes perfect sense. So I know it's not that easy when you just listen to something and someone can just rattle straight past it. And if you're in the car and you think, <laughs> yeah. let me just rewind that for a second, and then yeah. you've got to try and find it and everything else. So yeah, it's, it's just a case of different fuels are different in it, uh, density of energy in them. So as long as they can be combusted, an engine a compression engine for diesel or a combustion engine for petrol, it will be able to burn them and it will create power. This is why, if you've ever heard of race fuels, you know, the stuff that is used on a racetrack is much higher octane. And that's because you want to, you don't care about fuel efficiency at a racetrack necessarily. Yeah. yeah. You care about getting around as quickly as possible. Now you got to balance that off against efficiency because obviously you don't want to stop every lap for a tank of fuel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you imagine if Formula One cars had to do fifteen stops across a whole grand? Yeah, we Prairie. should bring back refueling and make it much more fun. Wouldn't it? Uh, you said that before, and actually, I, I agree with you. I don't. How long? How long is it in fifteen? Oh, it's been a long time, isn't it? I'm trying to think if we've had refueling you... since. I don't think in the hybrid era. No, 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 they got rid of it before that. Did Did Hamilton ever refuel? Since yes, his... I think so. Yeah. So we're talking since 08, It has happened. Yeah, probably I think in the last so. year or oh, 7 I'm just thinking of his career because he's one of the longer sort of current serving Formula yeah, One. Yeah, because I think Raikkonen had an issue when he was at Ferrari. He was it. there for about 4 ish though. Yeah, but I think it was towards the end. And then I'm thinking about uh, Vettel as well. Whether he ever refueled. Not sure. Maybe. Yeah. But Either way, bring it back anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just so. What it brings us on to is we're talking about today. Uh, we'll save the Maserati till last. E10 fuel and E5 fuel. So everyone used to fill up with E5. Now you fill up with E10. My first question: What was super unleaded then? Super unleaded previously. Yeah, it was a higher. It's a higher octane. So this is. So we should split a few things up here. Right. But in fuel has an octane rating. Mm-hmm. So the higher octane you have, it basically means the The more you can create more power from each stroke of the piston, because there's a word that has completely escaped my mind. As is always the case when we're on a at knock, the knock rating. So basically, the you can push the piston further up before the the combustion in the chamber happens. Mm -hmm. If you can do that, you can have a longer stroke. Basically, so you can push further. And this is why, if you think of like big old American trucks pickup trucks, they don't need a particularly high-grade fuel because they've just got a big old lazy V8. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So they're not they're not looking to push at the absolute pinnacle. Formula One cars, they need the highest octane they can get because they're trying to stretch as much power out without getting knock. Yes, okay. Does so, it... so old supernated was still E5, so, uh, but it's uh, had a higher octane. Yeah, so we've had E5 for quite a while in the UK, right. Okay. but it was a higher... The, the fuel racing i thought that they just the old fuel if you like so old normal unleaded had yeah. just become super unleaded right okay because yeah, you know I mean. yeah, yeah, yeah. could we all knew that we were moving from e5 to e10 i thought well now if super unleaded is now e5 you're just paying extra for what was the old fuel what, yeah no but <laughs> that's a good point no, well, this is where uh, ethanol people actually can tune cars to run off higher grades of ethanol because ethanol does get more power because they do in Australia, don't they? They do, yeah. E85 no, have, is yeah. very common, so 85% ethanol. The trouble is, uh, and this is the balancing act, ethanol isn't as dense. So the, the fuel itself doesn't carry as much energy per, say, litre right. or per gallon that you have in your tank. This is why, again, uh, if you filled up your tank with ethanol, you'd want it to be cheaper because you're not going to get as many miles from the tank okay. as you would if you filled up with, say, regular petrol. Right, but there's there's two things we'll we'll have in our mind. So the first one is octane, and the other thing is the amount of split there is of ethanol and things like that. So they're yeah. two separate things for this conversation. So your regular, your regular uh, unleaded that you get in the UK is 95 octane. Mm-hmm. Super is 97, 98, or 99, right? Depending okay. on the retailer. Yeah. So Shell and Tesco are the ones they do 99 octane. So if you're a real petrol head. Then okay, uh, I didn't realize Tesco did it. It's, it's an odd one, yeah. Tesco's yeah. momentum is 99. Oh, Shell okay. Octane is uh, Cause BP I think is 97, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, an interesting one there as to why BP has 97 and why so Tetris... it's interesting that I just <laughs> because You've I just the... paid extra for the BP because that's all they had. Okay, yeah, super, yeah. When I could have got Tesco's for 15 pence, well, yeah, 15 pence cheaper, cheaper, and it would have been and another a bit two octane higher, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, the whole thing with Octane is it's just this is why if you tune a car, and certainly um, supercars will be op- uh, high-octane only, and it's just because they've been tuned to burn fuel that has a higher octane rating. And because the higher octane, say that the further they can compress that fuel before it then um, combusts and sparks and blows up and pushes the piston right. back okay. down. That makes sense. Yeah, it's just it, the, the more you can do it, this is why if you tune a car and they say, oh, well, you need to put in higher-grade fuel and you don't, the car has to peg itself back on power. Right. Because yeah. it's saying, okay, I can produce this as long as I can push the piston up this yeah, far. but I can't because of the what fuels that's been put in. Yeah. So that's one area to talk about, and that's octane. So now okay. everyone hopefully is a bit clear on what regular fuel has on it, which is 95 in the UK, and super, which is no, I say 97, 98 or yeah. 99, depending on where you go. Um, The other thing we want to talk about like now is that super is E5, mm-hmm. 5% ethanol. Uh, regular petrol is E10, so it's 10% ethanol. Yeah, And the whole big environmental thing around this was that if you put in uh, E10 fuel, mm-hmm. you're putting in less fossil fuels Yeah, because 10% of it is now ethanol, which yeah. has come from a variety of different things. It can be corn, it could be grass, it could be Whatever, but you can make fuel. Okay, so that's basically just like an additive that they're adding to, sort of dilute down a little bit the amount of petrol. Sorry, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Ether, uh, yeah, fuel. Yeah, like fuel. ethanol. Yeah, they're, they're trying to dilute it down with that. Yeah, so if you to, to make it more economical. Yeah, so for every environment, for so. every liter that you put in, 0.9 of the liter is actual fossil fuel petrol. Yeah, but is it less economical? This is the question, yeah. So this is the big thing: is that ethanol? We know it's le- it, it, you have to burn more of it, yeah, to get the same power. Because from I the can't say that I've really noticed a difference in mileage. Yeah, we've done it a few times with mine and my partner's class. Sometimes we'll put in E10, sometimes we'll put in Super, which is E5. Yeah, not really noticing too much of a difference in the actual outcome, for, but we're never doing the exact same drive. Yeah, that's week the other thing. So sometimes it'll be a long motorway drive will be part of it. Sometimes it'll be just your regular commute. We're obviously doing a bit more stop-start. But I'm not still not noticing overall, over the sort of five or six tanks that we've done this with, we're having re- pretty much the same total mileage from the tank. So I think the, the one thing to remember is that if you mix the fuels uh, constantly, as in you do a tank of one and then a tank of the other. Yeah, we've sort of done three of one and three of the other. But... So in that time, what should happen is that your onboard computer Should Mm -hmm. start to recognise that it's burning, basically that as it's burning the fuel, it's able to burn a little bit cleaner, if you like. Okay, and then it can have the advantage of it. It doesn't happen straight away though; it has to learn. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And what happens if you're sort of always going forwards and backwards? Then it it won't want to adjust because it will. The safety mode for it is assume it's always got the lower grade fuel in. Oh, okay. The it's this is why I say a remapper will tell it no. Assume that lowest grade is say ninety seven. Yeah. Okay. And then it's more difficult for you to run on ninety five. You can still do it, but it's not. Oh, okay. Suggested. Whereas the manufacturer So you need to do a couple of months' worth of tanks really for your for your car to sort of learn that it's got the better. Depending on, on the car and the manufacturer and how quickly it adjusts. I know. I think Vauxhall years ago used to be quite good at adjusting, sort of a bit quicker than other cars. But uh, the the big thing is if we're talking about efficiency. Yeah. Is that if you're not noticing it, yeah, that could be for a variety of reasons. But if you put e ten into it, ten percent of your fuel is less efficient. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As opposed to five percent, five percent of your so fuel. So there's well, we're talking about a five percent margin per liter. So if you think across a tank, there's a five percent possibility for a range difference. So if you do three hundred and fifty miles, it's about seventeen miles. Okay. So that's that's how lo- you've got to look at the margins. The other thing is that it because it's burning a little bit cleaner, it should leave a little bit less carbon deposit behind. Yeah, which is good. Which is good because in the longer term, that means that the engine can burn clean as clean as possible. Yeah. The 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 question is, the the government sort of introduced this and said, well, you have to do it. It sort of almost snuck up on people a little bit, I think, as well. It wasn't like it was a we're going to be doing this in 2 years not widely advertised anyway. no 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 it no. was sort of a oh on whenever it was this for argument's sake let's say july the first. on I think Ju- september the okay all right so so yeah. on september, september the 1st, we we're changing but the the mainstream adverts only seemed to sort of come out 6 8 12 weeks before yeah yeah which and it was just a case of oh go on the government website and check whether your car can handle this petrol if not yeah shrug your shoulders and, yeah you not to, our problem yeah this is have, what we're offering you'll have to fill with super unleaded yeah because super unleaded has another 5 years and then it may itself also go to e10 right, or okay. even even further because they are wanting to push ethanol higher but it and just higher. it just seemed like quite a sudden yeah it was and I'm, I'm sure that if you were in the know I'm sure it's been coming for, for quite yeah, a while I, mean, I was aware that it was going from. I quite mean while, my partner's yeah. car actually and when you open the uh, the open the flap on it it actually says on it e10 or e5 yes and hers is a 2018 car Uh, so so most cars from about 05 right Okay. because europe mainland europe switched uh much longer right it's it's been much longer that they've had the e 10 either option or only had it yeah so for certainly for europe there's been a lot longer period of time okay which is why again with the government's website there's a bit of confusion because they were certain cars sort of changed over or were facelifted in the early 2000s and they had to be put as, oh, yeah, actually, this car now runs on E10, but the old one, or the previous... Yeah, because they were saying anything sort of before 2010, you might struggle to run on E10. Yeah, because they were trying to be overly safe. But the problem yeah. is that just scares a load of people who've got a 2008 car. Yeah, because then there was rumours going around, well, if you use E10 in your, in your 2008 Seven, car... yeah all the rubber seals and the the fuel lines, they're all going to go and your car will basically fall apart in about five minutes. So you need to make sure you're doing this and you're doing that. You need to change all the seals and change this, change that. Yeah, you need to modify your car basically to to some extreme. Obviously, the problem is it's all misinformation, isn't it? And there's a lot of misinformation that gets spread around on social media and the places people end up getting their information from. The internet and social media. I I think particularly because there's some countries that run a very high, like Australia, uh, yeah. ethanol concentration. Now, you can still buy petrol. Mm-hmm. Let's say it's your choice. You go up to the... Like we pull up to the, the fuel station here, and wherever you are in the world, you can think of what you get. But when I was in the US, there was three options just for petrol. Wow. If you want okay. diesel, go around the back. Sort okay. of place. <laughs> yeah. But you could buy, I think it was 87, 89 and 91 octane. That yeah. was the three options for the, for petrol. Uh, now, I should point out, that the reason they were the figures are much lower is because the... Americans judge it. They, they, their calculation on octane is just different to Europeans. Oh, not okay, necessarily so it's that, probably the same. I think it does work thing. out to be similar. But for whatever reason, their, their judgment of how you get to those numbers is just different. Um, in Australia, you could buy E85. You could buy E5. This is when I lived there, so it might have changed since. And then there was another pump, which may have been diesel. But I, I think it was super unleaded was the next one. Right, OK. And then some of them had diesel and some of them didn't. What's super diesel? So Super Diesel was a bit of an odd one. Yeah, because you 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 get that uh, you don't get it everywhere, though. You no. get it at Shell, yeah. I think, and Shell you and get BP. it at BP. No one else really does You it. don't get it at your Tesco's, your Sainsbury's, your Asda's. So like I, I, I said to you about, Super Unleaded actually has a higher octane rating. Yeah. That doesn't really... Super Diesel just has a higher price. Yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't have that, because it's a compression engine. It's, it's working differently yeah. to how a, a combustion or how a petrol engine mm-hmm. is working. So... Actually, super diesel was. Pro- I think the main difference was it was refined a little bit better. Okay. And it would burn a little bit cleaner, but there it's was a reason not, why a lot of a places lot. didn't right, okay. take it on, and it was just because they could kind of see, yeah, there's not really. I didn't say that because a friend had to fill up their car, and obviously with the current fuel situation that's going on, with a lot of places in the country running out of certain things, he had to fill up with super diesel. Okay. And do you want to do you want to have a guess how much he had to pay? Uh, one pound eighty. No. No more way, than that, much more than that. Jeez, ah, uh, ah, uh, more than one pound eighty for. I never, I didn't think I'd ever see one pound eighty for anything. Um, one pound ninety five. He, he, he had to pay it because he he had literally no range, and it was a Sunday, and he's obviously got his long journey to work. Yeah, yeah, no, not one. It can't £1. be more than two pounds. No, it wasn't. It was one ninety nine oh, 2 pounds. So you're basically answer. doubling you know, the capacity of your tank. You are doubling with the money that you are paying, so if you've got a 50 liter tank it's 100 (laughs) pounds that's a that's that's extreme that's mad isn't it yeah that is yeah and again i think that was obviously a bp or a shell because obviously they're the only places that yeah there's a couple of others that you might do the con artist yeah (laughs) i mean it's not about if you've had a bit of a rough running diesel or you or you want to put in a a tank of it every say thousand miles it's not the worst idea in the world yeah yeah. it's just that i I didn't know if there was any because obviously there are advantages to super unleaded i didn't know if there was any distinct or obvious or worthwhile advantages BP made it. some claims with the super diesel, which I'm trying to remember in my head, but it was essentially that it would reduce the carbon deposits left behind okay. in the chamber. That was their whole thing. A, a very similar to sort of what I would... Less of a blowout on your DPF. Bill, yeah, right? <laughs> and that, that was the thing, isn't it? They were sort of saying, well, if you think about all your filters, your DPF filter, your turbo, your um, uh, EGR valve, which uses some of the exhaust gases and redirects it back through the turbo... Uh, it will be cleaner if you use our fuel okay. that is going to be true to some extent but I, I i say i'm i can be much clearer when we talk about petrol because i just you know it's a higher octane rating so it's burning differently i'll just give you an interesting story about the super diesel actually because when i was filling up the other day at, at bp and i had to put super unleaded, there was it was about quarter to seven in the morning, so there'd be it was it was reasonably quiet, but it's quite a big petrol station on quite quarter to seven in the morning. Yeah some of us start work at half seven. Oh um anyway so <laughs> it's on one of the big roads you'll know it it's the one that goes to and from where I work. Yeah yeah I know where you are. Um and at the pump next to me, so I was at pump one on the other side of the pump, pump two was a, a scaffolding lorry. Oh, right, Yeah. So you got it's quite a reasonably sized lorry. Three chaps in it. You obviously got the work experience guy on the left. yeah, Still in the cab. I was surprised he wasn't squashed in the middle. Yeah. And the other two were out of the cab and they were talking about how much they were going to put in because it was so expensive. Okay. Interesting. So they were. I didn't realize they were, but they were talking about super diesel because this place had no diesel left. But they were literally running on fumes and they had to. Yeah, so they just had to put some in. Yeah. So they had a pen and paper and they were no. working out how much do we need to put in to get there. And they were saying things like, "Yeah, well, if we put this in, we'll be all right there." On The way back will be running empty though, so they anyway they, they decided what they were going to put in, and it must have been around 50 litres. Because, oh, I feel I, say I filled, five quid, filled yeah. up my car, okay, and that's I think it's 50-45-50 litre tank, yeah. And they were filling up for the same amount of time as me, okay. So the work experience chap gets out, and I am just, just oh, right. it a typical young lad, he's like, All oh, right, yeah, is this what I need, isn't it? Yeah, this, I just need this, yeah. So he's, he's got his card and his bit of paper that's got okay. his registration and all the stuff. Right. So it's obviously a fuel card okay. for the company. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's he's got. I go in, I followed, I oh, was probably a couple of minutes behind, because he went in when they were halfway through filling up. And I see him picking up some bits, you know, just stand standard sort of energy drink and a packet of crisps yeah. and all this stuff. And I'm desperately trying to get to the front of this queue before he gets there, because like, it's a young guy. He must have been 16, 17. Yeah, it's the first and time he's got probably a fuel been card, trusted with the fuel card. But curve. he just got to the terrain in front of me, and there was only one person there. And I was like, ah. Oh, so he gives it over. And she asks for the reg. Neither of them can work out what the other chaps have written on the thing for the reg. And I'm like, we'll just go outside and have a look because yeah, the there. It's out the window. But eventually yeah. they get it, and she swipes the card, and I just, <laughs> I just hear, her go, I knew this would happen. And he was like, what? It's like, you've got, you filled up with super diesel, haven't you? And oh, they're, they're like, like, Yeah, and I right. said, if this, it doesn't work on this fuel card. Yeah. And he was like, oh, what? 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 He said, well, I don't. he said, let me go speak to the guy. So I, be meanwhile, another till had opened, and I paid. So I followed him out. Yeah. He goes. Oh, I just want to kill myself. <laughs> what? <laughs> to the guys and they were like, "What?" He he's a young guy, he's just over exaggerating. He's, he's exaggerating. He was, he was putting yeah. on the sort of the sort of tough guy yeah accent if you like to no, try right, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, I'm walking in front of the lorry and see him telling the story to these chaps. And he said something about uh, don't work with his card. You can't use super diesel on his card. And I have just seen the the, the guy <laughs> the guy that was driving his head just fell into his hands on the steering wheel. Oh, no. <laughs> and he was just sat there, and they were just trying to work out what they were going to do. And I got back into the car, and I thought, well, surely one of you must have 90 quid on one of your cards, yeah. or in cash, just to pay, and then sort it out with the company. But was, it in, was it the end of the month before payday? No, this was this was this week, this current week. So okay. where are we, middle of the month? Yeah, it's two, yeah. two weeks to a payday. I just thought it was interesting. Because Super Diesel, apparently with most fuel cards, you can't fill up with Super no. Diesel. No, you can't. Wait, I don't know it's it. the same for Super Unleaded or... Uh, it, it depends on, on who you on who your provider is and what you've yeah. specified. It was just injury because we were talking about Super Diesel. I thought it was just an interesting little no, no, anecdote. This I, I didn't... didn't Because at this point, I was like, well, I need to go because otherwise I'm going to be late for work. So I didn't get to see the yeah, that little story. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> but I can only assume they've obviously paid for it or they've called the company and something's been... Yeah, I mean, sorted. I suppose you could call, and you could call the fuel card company and say, "Look, this is we're 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 genuinely yeah. authorised. And I they mean, They, they to... were ten. They were ten miles away from another petrol station, so they they yes. had to fill up here because they're running on fumes. Yeah, they, yeah. You know, they've got to get to wherever they're going. If they're scaffolders, they could be going. Oh, they could be going. Could be going anywhere away. Yeah, yeah. And if they're on about running on fumes when they've put forty odd liters in, they must have been going a fair going a fair, a way. fair chunk. And um, this happened to me. Years ago, when I was in Australia, I think I've oh, told really? the story on the podcast. But I put in the ro- I put in uh, regular fuel, yeah. and the fuel car, without me knowing, only could put in diesel and E85. Oh, really? And the E85 was out, so I just put in regular fuel, we didn't know. And they were like, they wouldn't even let me leave to the petrol station. I'd gone to the petrol station with just the fuel oh, car, no, left my wallet and my bag and everything back at them. because I was like, because <laughs> it was probably a one or maybe one and a half minute drive in traffic from where I worked, yeah, so I just jumped, in. the car was returned and I uh, was doing rental cars out there and yeah. I was like, oh, and I just said to my manager, oh, back I'm going to go and fuel this one up because it's like, well, then it's parked up full tank and I have to think about it. Yeah. And plus it got you out of work. And right? you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, just, I think I had a few dollars in my pocket. So I was like, well, if I want to buy anything while I'm there, I've got, you know, 10 bucks on me. It's not a problem. Yeah. Well, <laughs> when someone then says, yeah, it's $50, you need to pay for it. I'm like, guys, I haven't got my wallet on me. You see me every day yeah i can go back and get my wallet and pay for it and whatever and they're like no no you can't do that you need to stay here before police you? yeah i called my manager oh, okay i was like they're being absolute words that i can't remember yeah i was like was a bit worried then where you were gonna go like, that yeah. sentence. Like, guys you see me every day and i'm in a rental car You know, yeah it's one of those things isn't it you can see where they're coming from if they're just employees of the company yeah yeah but at the same time have a bit of common sense. I mean like, this was the thing. I was like, look, I'm not interested in nicking it because I've got to come back here tomorrow to fill up a different car. Yeah, where so, are you going to go? Drive 50 miles to a different one. Yeah. Well, this particularly stolen. i was in the s- center of Sydney city. So the next fuel station was a little bit of a while away out yeah. of my way. I'd have to sit in traffic to get there. Yeah, it was completely forced. But The ones I had when I was in the trade here were all of them. So it never I, caught I, me off yeah. we they were we always had it that we could use every single pump because yeah. Every now and again, we'd have a car in, for example, that could only have super unleaded. Yeah. And so we needed to have that authorised. And if you have super unleaded, you might as well have super diesel just in case diesels were yeah, out. And you just need to, we just needed to be able to get there and fill up. Yeah, exactly. There's uh, a bit of consumer advice in the miles driven there. If you do work with someone that has a fuel card or you have a fuel card for your business, make sure you can fill up with everything. Yeah. Or I, make sure everybody's aware that what you can use to fill up with. I don't really know any reason why you would restrict it. No, it's not advantageous for any of the staff to just fill up with the extra fuel unless they really hate the company. I would but say three I mean, lads in a, in a van in the, doing scaffolding. I, I can think remember they just the, want to fill up with diesel. Yeah. I'm sure it's not the highlight of their day. No, I'm sure It's the highlight not. of the work experience's guy today because he can go inside and buy a flapjack or a bakewell. Or yeah, yeah, a, yeah. And yeah. but but an energy drink. Well, I don't think they're going to just pick up the super and leaded tank uh, no. Uh, uh, oh, well, this will really show the company. Where yeah, you're exactly. where I get My bonus at the <laughs> end of the year, paying four p more a liter. Yeah, yeah that will show them. Yeah, so you're just restricting yourself for no. I know. So I, I know the reason they do it is because well, it keeps think... costs down as well, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, they know they've got a finite amount of money that can be spent per liter on fuel. Yeah. So but... if, you, if you cost in for that, then everything else is a bonus, I guess. But the, the trouble is, you will have a scenario. As I say yeah. it's just someone in head office has thought of that, and I wish I'd had more time to stick around and find the end of this. I know uh, in this story. One, yeah. now, but... Uh, but, yeah, no, I've had that. As I say, I've had to fill up with super unloaded and super diesel a few times, uh, and it's never been a problem. So, no. Well, that's good. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have a fuel card anymore. I would love loved those days. Same the interesting day. thing for me is things like lawnmowers. Oh, yeah? well because they run off well, two strokes still? Or? No, no, it's, it's normal normal petrol, but okay. it's just whether E10 is good for those... I've yeah. never asked the question to the supplier,
1: yeah, that's good and point.
0: nothing's broken at the moment. But, obviously, I've got a mower at my house. Yeah. That is the same ones that we used at my old job. Yeah, and that's all. I'm just running it off E10, obviously, because I'm not going to go and put super unleaded in for my lawnmower. So. Oh, you definitely <laughs> should. You definitely should. <laughs> Although, on, on a, a quick tangent on that, when we took the jerry can, we've got a 10 liter jerry can, which we use for that. Yeah. When we took it to the petrol station, we filled up my partner's car and then got that out of the boot. We got some really weird looks off people, as if we were hoarding petrol. Oh, brilliant, yeah, okay. I'm like, well, people do have these things at home. You know, they have strimmers, hedge cutters, chainsaws, yeah, the, the, all these uh, sorts of lawnmowers, yeah. all these sorts of things that people do run off petrol. Not everyone has an electric lawnmower at home. No, I suppose that probably, do the majority have uh, electric now? That's the question. Well, there, I right? mean, electric lawnmowers, non-cabled ones, Yeah, not really, because they don't, the battery ones. Oh, it's, I mean, it's. It would be a massive tangent for us to go off and we could talk about it. Sammy's going to have a lawnmower podcast, just so yeah, you know. You're, you're going on a honeymoon soon. Yeah, so I know. So there you go, yeah. <laughs> you, you guys have got, I think it's going to probably end up being three podcasts. The, the Miles Driven does lawnmowers. Of, <laughs> of just me speaking to you for half an hour or so. Um, but the technology is not there for lawnmowers at the moment for them to run on purely battery electric because the power they need well, oh, that's interesting. You you can't you can, they 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 do do them. Yeah. But the the cutting time is an hour or less. Right. So it's okay if, if you're just doing your garden. You're having yeah. to charge up the battery. But for example, the equivalent hedge cutter. You're talking about the industrial sort of stuff that you use. Yeah. But yeah. just to give you a quick example before we go back to what we're actually talking about, the equivalent hedge cutter, if you were using the two stroke that they currently use in a, a steel hedge cutter. And why do they use two stroke? Oh, honestly do No, okay. Um, okay, But you'd probably get an hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes out of s- solid cutting out of that before you needed to refill the tank. And how big how is the tank? Oh, not roughly. Very, it's tiny. A couple of litres? Oh, not even that. Right, okay. Um, but with the battery, the battery hedge cutter weighs less, gives you the same power, but you get six or seven hours of cut, constant cutting out of the battery. Oh, well, so the a... technology for those has really come along. That's but hedge cutters? For, yeah. And uh, blowers, strimmers. The blowers are again, the blowers are a little heavy on the use because it's obviously it's a blower. So yeah, it's, so it's, it's using more power. And it's constant. But the strimmers well. good. Yeah. The stream is about the same as the hedge cutter. That's interesting. But with the lawnmower, the technology's not really moved long enough yet. You need to have a whole bank of batteries with you to do a day's cutting. Okay. Whereas you'll get four hours out of a lawnmower's petrol tank. Yeah. Okay. Makes so, sense. Yeah, there you go. A little bit of a non motoring I'm really interested to know. Oh, well, we could do a little segue podcast once a, once a month on now other machines. That, since we've been talking about E5 and E10 fuel, I'm just interested to know if you're right about whether you can put E10 in your lawnmower. I, I'm I'm assuming we can, because how long have we had E10 now? Since e- September, so it's okay. sort of so, coming towards a year, but not All quite. of the machines that I use are still being run on, obviously E10, because it's what we can get hold of. But how quickly would it eat through seals and Well, that's what I'm wondering. It's seals and stuff, because that's what they were saying about some cars, wasn't it? Is it? Or, yeah. We can segue back into cars now. Yeah. Well, I, I just when it's comment the people that were saying that were talking about... When we talked about it originally, I said, look, it's a 5% difference. It's not extreme. And a lot of mm-hmm. people online and on forums and on social media were using the, the stuff that they know or they've, they've heard about from much... Higher amounts of ethanol, right? Like okay. E50, which is fifty. It's a blend. It's fifty percent ethanol, fifty yeah, okay. percent. That's where you've got a lot of, of ethanol in your fuel tank. Right, that makes um, more sense. When, when you're talking about the difference between five percent of it and ten percent of it, it isn't a huge amount different. Um And so, you'd be a little bit careful with what people are advising. It's going to burn through all of this. It's going to do this well. If you suddenly put in eighty, you know, E85, and your car's not equipped for it, definitely. 5% difference, yes, steadily over time. And I don't want to suggest that you should do it just because it's it's not worth the risk for no. the sake of a few pence per litre. But people were bringing in examples from completely different stuff. So oh, Okay. Um, the, the, the big point, though, is that still, ethanol can produce more power from an engine, right? but it is less fuel dense. So it's just the way that it's burning you're burning more of it yes okay and the the government obviously weren't interested in how much power you're creating they were interested in the environmental standpoint well yeah because it's good for their manifesto isn't it we've said we're going to cut this we've done this there's a so matter of everyone's driving around at half a mile an hour now no. yeah we've cut this uh, amount of fossil fuels that they're using so great well the question that goes to it well if you're burning through the fuel a little bit quicker your emissions are uh, probably the same yeah as if you burnt through it a little bit slower Using 100% fossil fuel or 95% fossil fuel. Yeah. So, actually, I think this balance is probably not, to me, I don't see that really it's done us many favors. No. Um. And if they had said we're going to switch to quite a big amount of ethanol, and there's some really clean ways, it really frustrates me. You hear some farmers talk about this, and people who actually know about this subject talk about it and say, look, we could use, uh, I think it's a lot of topping from is it topping. Yeah. Grass cuttings. Okay, yeah, yeah, that could create a lot of ethanol fuel. Oh, uh, right, don't I don't think, think at the minute we do anything with it. Right. Okay. Are we, what we just talk, are we talking about crops, or are we talking about just just for fuel? So instead of for, for what I'm what I'm saying is, what are they talking about using? Is it just the types of crops are we talking, or uh, grass? Grass. Okay. Literally grass, because grass just keeps growing. Yeah, of course. Um, really. Unlike a crop where you've got to put some seeds in, and then cut it, and you know, I don't want to say feed it, but you've got to make sure the field is well kept. Yeah, grow something, take it out of the ground, then turn it into fuel. But right, it... is it? Is it? Are we getting grass to the stage where it's seeding, or are we just cutting just just grass? Oh, well, I've gone into a, in a, Sam's knowledgeable area yeah. now. <laughs> and I've, I've ventured into a dark room that I don't Do you want to retract out quickly yeah. and we'll move on? From what I understand, it's the just the. The cuttings at the top—that's what it's called. The okay, But it, What I'm saying is, it doesn't have to be like long grass. It doesn't have to just... necessarily be long. So it I can... could keep the clippings from my lawn. It, yeah, exactly that. Right. Okay. And if we all did that, if we were all told, look, um, have a bin that is only grass cutting. Yeah. So because everyone has a it, garden, it won't but... it down, obviously. Yeah, because but I don't know. I don't know what the process is of turning it into fuel, but uh, you'll, well, will you turn it in? I think you. I think it's compression. Yeah, I guess, and then you've got sort of a a fluid that you'll get from that and then you can turn that into a fuel oh so yeah so say so, for example if you leave grass in especially grass that's got any slight dew on it if you leave it in a in the bag in the grass bag yeah you will get like a sort of does it so, ferment it, oh yeah massively yeah yeah yeah. If, so, if you, oh, so for example if you left one of our machines with the, a, a full hopper of grass yeah. you'd come in the next day and you get a really pungent smell yeah. of fermenting grass yeah and so, if you took all that, you, so you could just keep that, it in your bin, and you could let it rot down. You're talking about getting the sort of the the moisture, yeah, bit. okay. And then you can turn that into ethanol. And we don't, from what I understand, we we use crops and things like that. Crops is the worst way to do it because you've got to put a lot yeah, of. It's just odd because I don't know what they actually do with our... Green waste. I've I never think, actually thought it goes in the brown bin. They take it away in the brown bin lorry. Yeah, but I've never actually thought about where it, what happens to it when it disappears. From what I understand, and by all means, if this is your area of expertise, please. I mean, it uh, should me. be mine. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, really, Sam should be jumping in here, and this should be. Well, his, no, because obviously, we we just keep compost heaps. So
1: yeah, we'll okay. Just, we'll, yeah,
0: we'll, we'll, we'll compost the grass and stuff like that. Yeah, that's one of the options for yeah. it. But uh, what we don't seem to be doing a lot of is actually. As I say, you, you could have. I mean, if you. Getting a plane and look at England and Scotland and Wales and Ireland, yeah, just Greenland a lot of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. so all of that they does to get cut. To be cut. Pe- yeah. People like you, Sam, are going along the nation and cutting it every week. Yeah, well, I mean, the guys at our work currently that do the sports pitches, yeah, They're, they'll cut the pitches probably twice a week, okay. So there's all that that they just have, yeah. yeah, and they have to, and it's not like they put in any effort to make it grow, really, they just no, have to go really. and cut it, yeah. You so obviously, there got, are some with sports to have that you do. They do. Yeah, do yeah if we're talking about special I mean, stuff. But yeah, you talked about just lawns. Like I don't, we don't particularly feed our lawns. No, like the presentation. And ones, your lawn in your garden, and for most people listening to this, the lawn you have in your garden, you're not doing anything special with it. No, you it might rams. feed it once a year just to get rid of any weeds, but if and anything, that's, that's better because it's yeah, pure yeah. grass. <laughs> so that can be turned into fuel. Right. Okay. Oh, well, who knew? Well, there you go, well, this is, well, obviously the clever people do. They're not interested. This is what it baffles me a little bit because we talk a lot about our oh, fuels running out and you know fossil fuels and blah blah. And you think, well, we kind of we, there are answers to these problems. As I've said many times, a combustion engine, you know, an internal combustion engine, it will uh, use a lot of different fuels. This is why you know the diesel thing with chip fat, for example, is the classic joke. Of, yeah. Well, people, people, you know, people are doing that again now. Yeah, well, I, see, I know McDonald's lorries have it advertised on the side that they use... No, people are going to Tesco's and just buying cooking oil and putting it in their car as fuel. Really? Because there's a law where you can... I don't know how it works with modern engines. Don't, uh, you, have to, don't you have to fry it up first? I, I'm on, I, genuinely, I haven't read into it too okay. much, but I, from what I've gathered, there's a law that you can run your car on a certain amount of the fuel per year. Without okay. having to declare it and pay the tax that you would be paying on fuel duty. Interesting. But I don't know age wise, like for example your Layon. I don't know yeah. whether you could run that on it. No, no, well, we should be clear that this is most likely diesel engines. Right, okay. I, okay. I would say. Well, I've got no knowledge about no, it at all. I'll be, no I'll be completely clear on that. Well, I know there is. I know... I've seen many pictures of people buying like the big sort of five, 10 litre ones and they, you just see them pouring it into their car and car park. How bizarre. But it's not illegal. If you're only running a certain amount, from what I can gather, yeah, I find I it may be correct on that. And if anybody's got any more knowledge, please do let us know because we're always happy to learn. Yeah, we are definitely 100. Oh, if, if not, someone... we're not pro- we're not professing to be the no, no. be end all of. If, the if someone knows more about this than us, then get in touch and let us know because it's a really interesting topic for me, particularly because I've said over and over again, I see the future for cars that people who aren't interested in them should go on, when they're affordable, should go and get themselves a electric car because it will do. Ninety-nine percent of the things that their yeah. diesel or petrol car does now, and for most people, they don't care what it runs. They just no. they want transport. They want it to be reasonably priced, and they quite like a car, and possibly the way it's styled, the things like that, and the features. That's what makes them buy it. Yeah, I mean, not, in an idealistic world, they probably would be. They probably are bothered about where how it's made and the 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 economical side of yeah what yeah. It, what it produces and stuff. But they're probably not as bothered about that as what it actually costs them to run. No and this how, was, how comfortable it is inside. This is why when people said, I bought a diesel because it was more better for the planet and stuff, it's like, mm, you bought a diesel because it was cheaper to tax, cheaper to run, yeah, and cheaper you to fuel. It was- and if you bought it as a company car 15, 20 years ago, it was cheaper on your company car tax. Yes, exactly. So that, those were the main reasons. The fact that someone said, oh, we're doing it for an environmental. If if you had spent an, a time at the, at, at, that, you know, yeah. in 2005 and said. So, is it really better for the planet? It doesn't seem it, weirdly. There's black smoke that's coming yeah. out of the back with these slightly older ones. But someone told you it was, so you just went yeah. along with it to save money. And, and you know what? That's fair enough, because most people are not particularly interested. No, they want a mode of transport. That's, I think that's fair. But, like I've said over and over again, this isn't, to me, going to be the answer for everyone. Because to replace every car going with an electric car it's not feasible and we don't currently as we as we said about on the podcast before last when we talked about electric cars or was it the last podcast i think I it was think one it was before before last. yeah you can currently have 7 kilowatt hours of and electricity juice come to, to your house per yeah. hour yeah but that won't be the same if every single car in the country is charging up overnight yeah then there's when we haven't got the capacity to provide that not at the moment for no everyone no, we, so, if if everyone tonight uh, plugged in an electric car then the, the system would be, just be, fall apart because the grid is really really well planned i mean but it is it is stretched to its it is it's sort of about 97 98 utilization at the moment yeah. which is incredibly efficient and we should tap ourselves on the back for being so efficient because if you create more energy say you say oh we're only 80 percent efficient yeah you, you a lot of the time you can't store the energy because we just don't have battery, yeah, so that just, batteries. It just goes to waste. It's just being wasted. But when we're using 97%, then it means that all those power plants that are burning either fossil fuels or they're doing it through green energy, yeah. we're utilising a large percentage of what they're making. Yeah. We're not losing lots of it. But what it also great, does say is that we haven't got the capacity to then increase it. it not not suddenly. The usage. Anyway. Because you've got to build... The, if you're at 70 80%, then overnight you can increase your usage to 100% easily. Yeah, yeah. but we're not at that. And as I yeah. it's not that easy to increase capacity quickly. No. Now, if, if it's over, say, a decade, then you think, okay, well, that means we need to put X amount X, more wind farms in and we need to do some extra solar and possibly we need to have a, a little bit more backup from fossil fuels because... Just in case. And also, do we need to upgrade some of our infrastructure for delivery? Yeah. For the, the way do, do the pylons need upgrading? Do, and. The, you know all well, the things in the rural how many times you drive down the side of a rural road and you see the power cable go down the side on the old-fashioned on the old wooden ones one, yeah but how many times is one of those down and the power cable is just drooping near the road yeah yeah i can get on my journey home in a bit i can give you three examples of where the cable's almost touching the road right. after the recent high winds we had or there's oh, a tree going okay. into yeah. the cables yeah so w- would you need to spend time upgrading those yeah, so this is another thing is line loss factor, which people don't yeah. talk a lot. But the further you live away from wherever the power is made, you're actually losing. So power is lost along the line. And it's called line loss factor. Oh, well, I'm assuming that's what you hear that cracking noise. I'm that's assuming that, that's the loss. That's that out. buzzing noise. Yeah. that's electricity travelling through a wire. Yeah, but the lot further it travels, well, the, the fact that you can hear it means that something is coming that's out of some the wire. amount of energy. Yeah, it all if you think of energy as a thing, it is everything. It's the sound. It's the heat. Everything. Yeah. this is but what I'm saying. Though, if you can hear it. Then, something. then something's coming from that, that line. Yeah. So it's, it's not going not, from point 100% A to point B. Coming it's through. going from point A to point B, but some of it's dissipating yeah. as it goes along. And they'll say, in your, it probably will be in your electricity bill buried somewhere, but because I did a couple of years working for an energy company, yeah, well, this used to be quoted, line loss factor. And for some people, if you live really far out in the sticks, away from the, the closest Greek, power plant, you, like. yeah, yeah. you can have a really poor uh, amount of energy that reaches you, for yeah. what was made, because it's got to travel so far mm-hmm. to get to you. And so, again, you, you've got to look at efficiency of how you're going to do things. Now, I'm not saying that um, petrol is the answer. I'm saying that we do have a really good answer at the moment for the energy that society uses for transportation. Yes. It's just the case of how do we keep making that more and more efficient. Now, the answer at the moment of E10 fuel, I can kind of see it, but... Because it's almost it's, plastering over the cracks, really. Yeah, and it? because it's less, say, less less energy dense, you're putting more in, you can get more power. But that's not really what the the, the focus of this is. It's to get less emissions. Well, if you're putting more in, then you're getting more emissions out. Yeah. <laughs> so it's sort so of. So are we talking? It's more of a band aid for a bullet wound sort of scenario. Oh, well, that's a good uh, analogy. Like well, I'm not like, like that one. Not as dense as I make out sometimes. Yeah, no. <laughs> band aid for a bullet wound. <laughs> I suppose. I mean, it's not an uncommon saying. No, but I suppose mm, yeah. But well, it, well, if, it. if 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 that's what we're saying it, it it works well for this scenario. It does. Yeah. You just you're just appeasing. It almost seems like the, the governments and stuff and I don't want to get too political about it but maybe they bring in these Oh, it's gone on a political <laughs> rant <Everybody, laughs> Everyone is switching. Oh, off. if if you know me you know I'm really into me politics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but are they bringing in these sorts of things just to make themselves look good?
1: Yeah, does and it just fit with voters. Well? Oh,
0: look we're doing this because we're trying to do this and we're reducing all this but if you look if you delve deep into it which we haven't we've just scratched the surface but if you were to delve deep into it are you actually doing that much in the grand scheme of things maybe not so this is why i think for both of us we're really just say it's not advocating for one way or the other it's just if there is an answer that is more efficient yeah and that is greener we probably should be thinking a bit outside of the box and a bit open wide not just Let's throw all our eggs in one basket and hope that technology... Because people are talking about, oh, you'll get to solid-state batteries that will use less precious metals, and that solves that issue. That's great, but it's like me saying, well, fuel will get cleaner and cleaner until it's all... Uh, zero emissions. Yeah, yeah it's so like, you're basically running off water. Yeah, you're and it's sort of like, hydro powered cars. Yeah, <laughs> and that that that's maybe possible, but you yeah. can't just pin all your hopes on one thing getting. No, you have to explore everything. at Yeah, in and let's um, say for for combustion engines, I think there is some, and again, the, the big thing with if you did it off the grass toppings example. Yeah, the I can't remember. there's a couple of people yeah. who obs- who I, I, I talked to about it, and they said, the the key thing was that it was, I think it was carbon neutral. Yes. So you do pump emissions out. One of the worst phrases that's about nowadays, isn't it? But it's because I think you you pump emissions out by using the ethanol, but that then is sequestered by the grass that grows using that carbon, because it's breathing carbon, from what I understand. So the next batch grows off of the carbon that you've put out. Right, okay. So it's sort of you are putting out but it's actually Yeah. The amount you put out is then put back in and then you take it out again and yeah. put it back it's in. It's almost again. like it's almost like humans and trees, isn't it? Exactly. It's, it's like trees, trees take in the CO two, give out oxygen. Yeah. We breathe in oxygen and then all the stuff we use produces CO two. Yes. Which the trees then breathe in. It helps the trees, the trees help us until everyone says, Well, it's cut down on the trees. Yeah, that's and they what's why The air pollution. What, what gets me? It absolutely cards oh, me out. Do you want to? Do you want to tell no, that no, story? No, no, you can do. Can tell. No, me. no, no. So. You drove past it when oh, we had no. the electric van. I, I can't believe the amount of. Do you know Boris said, however long it was ago, yeah, that he wanted to plant. I don't know, a hundred thousand trees or a million trees or whatever it was. And I thought, oh, good. Well. Um, yeah, I don't know where he's going to put them but good yeah. so I don't mind seeing trees, trees are quite nice to see actually Oh yeah, yeah. Exactly. they have lots of benefits All I have seen since that day is trees get cut down to the point, I was driving to you the yeah. other week and there has been a road that has always had quite a large, I wouldn't say forest bike, but it's just quite a wooded area Well yeah, it, it has to the side but then also the road has been well, we're not talking tree lined roads as in the trees are on the road we're talking there's the road It's just the countryside yeah. a hedge, and, but there's always been trees on the other side of the hedge Yeah and I'd say it's a two-mile stretch. Uh, yeah, two miles probably fair. Yeah, yeah. Just to and it, give it a bit of context. And you've never been able to see... So the road sort of curves around this wooded area, and it's yeah. the, the sort of a bit hilly on the way. And you always have just had to take the same route. When I was driving to see Sam when we were doing the electric van test. I thought, mm-hmm. right, well, I'll, I'll go after to see him as normal. I have not been along this road for a little while because I'd either use a different way or... Yeah. And I suddenly realised, hold on, I can see the other side of the road. And it just dawned on me, all of the trees had been cut down. And it was all of the trees. All of them. I mean, I'd say we're talking into the thousands. Well, we're hundred percent talking into the thousands. We're potentially talking into tens of thousands that um, have been cut down I mean, there. Well, yeah. I mean, certainly, certainly from just the side of the road, just I mean, yeah. from just that bit, yeah, 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 there's yeah. hundreds. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. from just yeah. that little bit there. Yeah. And but then it carried on. Yeah, because they're building a big new rail terminus, aren't they? And it seems. Yes. But I don't see what that's got to do with the side of the road. Not that far away from it. Because unless they're planning on running the railway line, literally feet from the side yes. of the road, which I don't think is physically possible. It's going to be trains, a pedestrian, and cars. Yes, it's the safest pathway yeah. in the whole of for the UK. For the pedestrians, yeah. yeah. But they, I don't see that there was any need to... And it wasn't just that they've trimmed the trees. They've literally removed every single tree in, in sight. I mean... As you, as can, it, you can literally see now four miles yes. on the side of the road, whereas before you couldn't see anything. And I don't... I'm sure, I mean, the Forestry Commission and the, the the local councils, they, you have to put in a, to cut down any tree above a certain height, you have to actually put in a request. Okay. And yeah. it has to be okay. Even if it was in your garden, you'd have to put in a request. Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. So, obviously, a request has been put in with a brown envelope, I assume. Yes. And... Very but thick, round. I, I though, don't yeah. see the 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 reason. I don't see what benefit this is. It's given. not like they thinned it either, because there is this thing of they sometimes you do have to thin oh yeah, yeah. So but it's not like that happened. That's it's, actually good for that's good for the trees yeah, to thin a, out, it out it stops trees being starved of then, um well, everything sunlight and it helps sunlight, some of the water, wildlife. And it's well. good for the wildlife as long as you don't cut it down. And of plants season. that grow around it and the winter. Yes, there's this many, many reasons. So we're not talking about someone who's gone out and you know there's some, been some really uh, some, what they call tree surgeons that have gone out and yeah. decided. Oh, well, we'll we'll actually, to thin all this out. Yeah, we need to thin this, and that'll help it out. We're talking about. Uh, uh, some sort of yes. huge chainsaw has just come yeah, cut the whole thing. almost like a mythical giant has come down with a scythe and I just don't... gone through a swathe of the countryside <laughs> yeah, and just the speed removed at everything. which they've done it as well yeah, I don't know where they. Boggling. I don't know whether they did the back of it so you couldn't see it and then they did the road. yeah maybe and then suddenly you can just see what they've taken out but I mean if you'd need some uh, if you need some wood then that's the place to go oh yeah, definitely you usually see it lined at the side of the road you see... yeah oh, i alway, I've always wondered whether you can just stop and pick it up. I was going to the other day with some that had been cut down on my route to work, but then the next day it had already been taken by someone else. Yeah. <laughs> missed the boat there, and it was good burning wood as well. Oh, See, so <laughs> this way you need a pickup truck. Yeah, I could have just loved it in the so back. I was about to pull the car over and just open the boot yeah. and slowly put it in. Um, We'll move on from fuel, and we're going to talk about Maserati, because that's the last thing we're going to do with the podcast. So there's some people that started this podcast... Ooh, maserati and now we're 58 minutes in they're going well sometimes they stop around an hour so uh... don't worry we are we are going to carry on it's just uh we got a bit carried away with the fuel stuff but i hope the fuel stuff if you've got questions by means post them in but i hope it's at least tried to answer some of the questions around it and it's clarified e5 e10 super unleaded, regular fuel and you know what the differences we're getting yeah because it's it's important to know and it's important to know about the options that could come through longer term and shorter term because yeah, it is. you know we can't let's say it's just it's it's great to have as many options for the future as possible so obviously Sam and i's enthusiasts would just like them to see this Lexus V8 that's high com, uh, combustion hydrogen and for everything to run off that but then we are not the majority of the population so um so moving on to the Maserati so this was a vehicle that I did some pictures for last year got to spend a bit of time with yep. got to have a bit of driving uh I'm not sure so it's on instagram I'm not sure actually if it's there's a review up on the miles driven i don't think I don't think I ever covered one off because uh it was a it was someone owned to the vehicle and so it's a bit difficult when it's someone's car and they're selling it I've, I've mentioned this before I was doing photography for people that were selling sort of classic stuff and sports cars and all these sort of vehicles that you, you don't know if you are just driven a bad example of one. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So it feels a bit harsh sometimes. If it's a real old classic, then you kind of accept, well, I'll just review it, because there's probably only X number left. Yeah, and they're all going to drive differently. So you can just say what you can say about this one in yeah. general terms. But this was a, what was it 13, 14 years old? Maserati Quattro Bronte, had a 4.7 litre V8. And the first thing I would say about that car, at the time that you could buy it brand new... You could have bought an M5. You could have bought an E63 yeah. AMG. You could have bought the RS6 that Audi did. Some form of M3. Uh, you could bought the M3 as well, yeah. which would have been a V8 at the time. This, ju- if you are only interested in stepping into a vehicle, feeling luxury yeah. and hearing an orchestra of of petrol noise. Yeah, well, it's a, uh, this it's was the car Ferrari engine, isn't it? Yeah, well Ferrari don't allow you to sort of say that. No, partic- but, but it does come from the factory in a box from them it, to the Maserati. Well, it's scribbled. Scrib- yeah. The badge is scribbled on. Yeah, and, then, and, and there's a big sticker and saying "not ours." Yeah, this is but it does turn up in a in a, Ferrari, in a in a lorry that's, that's complete, completely unbranded, apart from yeah. it says Ferrari underneath. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what an engine for the sound. Bit. I mean, it, yeah, it's the does good. It it doesn't have a great gearbox because it has this single clutch. Uh, um, Paddle shifter, and that's all you can have it. In. You can't have oh, the okay. manual. So that was, was that before they came in with the double clutch? It's before that. Well, Volkswagen just started the double clutches at this point. Yeah. So if you bought an RS6 at the time, you got a double clutch. But the Italians were out for lunch. At they, the they, yeah, they, they were. They were about. Well, it took them another three or four years to get oh, to. The, yeah, they were, they were busy. Mas, there Mas, were many, many, many bottles of wine. Maserati. I was trying to say Maserati, particularly. They they went on with single clutch for a long time, and to be fair, Lamborghini, when well, I yeah. think the um, the event store only ever had single clutch they just perfect. well they tried to perfect single clutch and now some manufacturers have gone back to single clutch paddle shifter gearboxes with just brilliant software in them okay but this wasn't one of those right this was one of those (laughs) lazier you know you hit the paddle wait a second you change gear okay you press down shift, and the car goes whoa let me ever think about this yeah and then goes so not not great for driving around town in it was a bit odd because uh, we did a bit of stop-starting it to get out some country mm-hmm. lanes, and it it it's good. You would just leave it in automatic mode, but it is a bit. If you want to, well, let me just jump down the gearbox. I can I can sh- just shoot along here a little bit quickly. If you want to drop down a couple to overtake someone, it might not be the the best of ideas. No, what you need to do is leave Make it sure in you've auto. Got a few. <laughs> yeah, and it's odd because you think, right, okay, I'll I'll leave it in auto and I'll put my foot down, and then it will react. Yeah. What it does is you put your foot down, and it goes, hmm. I see you are asking oh, me to accelerate, and then you think, "Oh, okay, it's not reacting." Oh, this is, wasn't this wasn't a big stretch of road. I will take my foot off the throttle, yeah. and it, at that point, it, it shoots down. down the gearboxes. <laughs> you make a really big noise as you lift off, <laughs> yeah. and you sort of jut forward, and then and then it switches up three gears. Yeah, so okay, but being so it's that, a great car that the gearbox is absolute top. The gearbox <laughs> is, the gearbox lets it down, but I, I actually would say that if you bought one. You would learn to live with it because, uh, as I say, I'd just got in it. So it took me... Yeah, of course. Yeah. But by the time I got out of it and we'd finished doing everything we needed to do with it, it I could I could learn to drive around the gearbox. And it was so just... It wasn't the fastest thing going. So if I use the extremes, today you can go out and buy um, some sort of Mercedes with just a lightning uh, engine in it that will take you 060 in three and a half seconds or whatever or you can go and buy a tesla and do it in two and a half seconds and it's just out and out speed this wasn't that because speed is fun to an extent but speed with character yeah less speed with more character like as in i felt like i was doing 190 miles an hour i was doing 50 yeah yeah it's sort of you put your foot down and the car goes Oh, all right then and once you get down the gate or you go and you just think, my goodness, I must be going so far. And you think, oh, actually, I'm not really. Okay, now I'll ease off. This is why people like old hot hatches. Yeah, I because think. you can drive it and push it. Yeah, and you've got a finite amount of speed. Yes, and, and you don't feel I'm like... not talking about the current crop that will do 150, 160. Yeah, 100%. and quick, in quick succession yeah. as well. but the ones that where you'd, you'd do 70 and the thing would be revving its nuts off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'd feel like you would... In the Starship Enterprise, yes in warp speed. This was the thing with this car. It, it really did feel like a fast saloon car, and I felt like I could overtake anything in it. The reality yeah. was I couldn't. No. But I didn't actually... Did you realise that when the tractor was coming past? Yes, exactly. <laughs> but then I realised that at no point, and generally on the road, I'm, I'm not someone that ever wants to... I, I couldn't care what someone ha- what else, how fast they can drive. I care about how much fun I can have on yeah. my own. Miles don't like you're an absolute lunatic. Oh man. yeah, I'm... constantly up people's backsides, yeah. flashing, hooting, finding out motorbikes the window, to window, gesturing people to pull <laughs> over. <laughs> but this thing, I'd rather be on my own on a country lane enjoying myself <laughs> than with anyone. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the, <laughs> <laughs> but certainly than sort of out of lights with someone near me. Yeah, because yeah. I'm just like, oh well, look, I know what your car is. I know the figures on it. So what we're what we're really testing here is how fast we can move a chunk of metal from here to there. But also, people tend to do that in, like, s- s- town or city centres. Places where it's really oh, dangerous to do I, it. My, my new job is near the city centre so we can hear yeah. the traffic. Okay. And, oh, my God, they sound like morons. Yeah. Okay, you said yeah. anything, and you think, oh, you just seem like a bit of an idiot because you're in the town centre in a Lamborghini and you're racing 100 yards from one light to the next against, against a, a guy in a BMW diesel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is the thing: is you can have a lot more fun if you're only if your your only competitor is yourself. Yeah, exactly. Um, and this oh, sort asking, of you have a bit of racing commentary in your head as you go. Oh, yeah, the definitely. Yeah, yeah. I find it when I'm doing. It, I sometimes sort of make driving noises as I'm driving. Yeah. along. So I go in the corner. I'm like. Uh... Oh, I always get it when uh, where I live where the uh, where the dual carriageway is, it comes up to the. Um, Train station. Oh, the oh, so the train, train tracks. Or do, you, think, do you, think you pretend you're a train driver? Every time I'm James Bond. <laughs> Every time I see, cause it just so happens sometimes you'll time it, in, you'll come onto that dual carriageway and there is a train that's just set off yeah. and it's going and it's picking up speed and you're like, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. <laughs> and then <laughs> the train picks up and you're like, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it. And then it disappears. Uh, back to my life. Yes. <laughs> the suit <laughs> comes off. That, if you've had a bad day at work and you get just that happen once, that's enough to put a smile on. Well, on my face anyway. Yeah, but, there's a few little curves on my way home that, you know, I'm only in my car. Yeah. But I'm only really doing 50. Yeah, yeah. But there's a couple of little chicanes, and if there's nobody else around and I can just, I won't bother slowing down for them because I know the car can do it. At 60 yeah. Just, so it feels like you're pinning it, feels like you're going through a rouge in a Formula One yes, car. Yes, there you go. But yeah. you're actually just driving on an A road oh, in a Volkswagen. Astro- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you can feel, <laughs> you know, let's say the tyre that's under the most load, where yeah. it's getting a bit of slip on the, you know, yeah, you sort of lean your head just, to the side, and, and there you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then you realise that uh, okay. So oh, that's the fuel gauge going down a bit. The the thing the Maserati had on the road that I very few cars actually genuinely have, a lot of people talk about them having, but the Maserati are presence. Yeah, Inside and outside, it had a presence. And it, is this the one with the boomerang tail lights? No, or the one generation is, on from that. Generation on yeah. in saloon form. Yeah, they're both nice cars. Oh yeah, they are. It's just it's the same. It's a quite a big car, the Quattroporte. Yes, they are bigger than uh, you know. I, I sort of compared it to a five series size, and it it is. It's yeah. it's a large vehicle, but it doesn't. It's like the Italians got it, and they thought this feels a bit large, and they've somehow made the interior feel very snug. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you are quite tall, yeah. then you do feel snug in there, but the the leather this thing was 13 years old the leather was some of the best leather i've I've sat in oh, that's good and it's as they had done i don't know sixty thousand miles so it's not been someone's yeah. daily you know they've used it sparingly and cared for it but oh the leather was gorgeous throughout and it just felt like you'd gone on a nice i don't know holiday somewhere or a cruise or mm-hmm. whatever and someone had just said oh there's some you know, we've got our nice lounge bar. Why don't you go and sit there? And you, say, you think, God, this is a bit nice for me, isn't it? <laughs> I'm used to being on on a deck chair out the back of a pub somewhere. <laughs> um, that added to the driving experience. So the gearbox, you've got to sort of work around. But there was, what I would say performance-wise, there was a lot there that the average driver could take advantage of. Okay. Because it, it may have hundreds of horsepower, but it only has it at a, you know, a spike. Yeah, yeah, RPM. You're talking right at the end. Yeah, so really, most people are driving around 200 horsepower because they're driving yeah. up to say three or four thousand RPM. So the, they're really not stretching into the upper restaurants of, and yeah. you can work your way up there. Whereas your modern stuff that's turbocharged at two thousand RPM has got this fat wave of torque which sort of lifts <laughs> you up. And you think, yeah. Am I going on holiday? Because I feel like I'm in a plane. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that moment for takeoff. Yeah, so it's, it's, from that point of view, it was just. It was fantastic to drive from there. It was very flowing to drive, and at the end of it, you kind of think for a family vehicle, I think it was twelve or thirteen thousand pounds. So, what's a used Ford Mondeo? That was five years old, about the same money. Yeah, you're not gonna be far off. Are you? So, by the way, if you want a Ford Mondeo, they've stopped making them. That oh. is it. The last ones were made. People think, of Essex are crying into their sleep yeah. this morning. Uh, they they made them about. I think the last couple rolled off the assembly line. Uh, it was in Spain or Portugal, I can't quite remember, but it was about a week ago. So there's the existing ones that are at dealers at the moment. Ford still have them on their website, because I assume they've still got some stock throughout the country sat in car parks. But um, yeah, that's it. There's no more new ones that will be made. Oh, that's sad. It is sad, yeah. For, for a car that, at one point, I think it was back in 2001, 2002, it was the most popular sort of family uh, family vehicle, and now it's gone, so... Sign of the times everyone buys small SUVs now and stuff like that. Indeed. Of um, but yeah, just finishing off the Quattroporte, I think what what was nice was when I got out of it at the other end and I had kind a of look around it I just thought, you are you know, if you've enjoyed a car, you look back at it. And this car, I don't think I ever bore no. looking back you know at it. Do you know what it is with those cars? It's the um, you got, you it's got the, one it's the gills on the side. Yeah. They make, they make you feel like you work for the Mafia. Yes, I know. Yeah. But the thing is, the rest of the car, it's not, I mean, if we're being honest, we all like the car and I like it as much as you do. Yeah. It's not the most handsome car you've ever seen in your life. No, so a Pina There's Pina many things about it that you can say, Well that's not very good, that's not very good. It's a bit stretched here, this looks a bit bubby. But those those gills on the side, yeah, you get in it every day and you think, Well, I'm after to whack today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a Pinaferina uh, design. And it's yeah. probably not, you know, it's not his best that he's ever done. I so say you'd probably if you wanted one, you want one of the slightly later ones that Yeah, can't. I mean it's almost too sloped at the front. Yeah. It seems a bit too low. But I still would look back at that cut. Every time I got oh, out i don't of one, Go out and buy one tomorrow, yeah. even for this 12 grand, this one. Is that that's 12 grand? What's the what's the the cheapest one on here? Yeah, obviously. That's Is what I want to know. 9 grand with 69,000. How many are how many are for sale at this very moment on the 44 trip? Forty-four. How many five series are for sale in Australia at this moment? Yeah, I was going to say probably a thousand or so. So it just shows if you want something that's a bit individual. Okay, yeah, it's five hundred and fifty pounds a year to tax, and it's uh, pretty. Yeah, but the mafia don't pay tax. No, that's a good point. Actually, they just sort of send an IOU in, and yeah, yeah, that's the end of it. Well, you use your protection money. Yes, you just drive around your local village, just asking people for protection. They'll give it to you. Oh yeah, because they'll see your car. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Just leave a sign in the windscreen. Need money for car tax, leave here. Yeah. No one's going to steal it. Have, <laughs> you, have you paid your safety money yet? Yeah. Oh, no, I haven't actually. I <laughs> yeah. it this really? yeah. <laughs> month. So, great car. There's a couple of pictures on the Instagram page of that vehicle, um, which is why I thought I'd, I'd bring it up in this podcast because a couple of people have just mentioned about it it's it was a nice car. And I said, yeah, it was, uh, if I was... If I was suggesting a vehicle for someone who either could have it as a second car or possibly was not too bothered about it being because i don't know what the reliability is like that's the only thing no i know it's going to cost more for fuel and it's going to cost more for insurance and it's going to cost more for tax but then if we're comparing it to an m5 it's not it's going to cost the yeah, same but i mean if you buy this sort of car you're not really necessarily looking for something that's going to be the cheapest for you no if think, you are you're looking at the wrong car i, mean, I just think uh, at twelve thirteen thousand pounds it's a it's in a a wider range of budgets, it and is, possibly but if, you're make, look, if you're looking at this, yeah, then this is the wrong car for you. If you're looking for that sort of economy, yeah, but people do so it you all just, the time. You, don't know, you know. just leave it for people that know what they're buying and do want it. Yeah, it's just as I say, you could fall into a bit of a trap. Where you think, oh, of oh, course, thirteen could you? grand, or yeah. that. You've got to remember, that's a yeah, you remember that you're going to get a service bill. I remember that car yeah. had had in the last say like three or four years. I was a quick look through the uh, invoices for it taking a few pictures for the owner so it had, he could document it. And it had more than the cost of the car spent on it in the yeah. last four years through some maintenance bills that had come through. Now, it's just the way it is. If you buy a Maserati, you have to accept that when it goes into the dealer, they're not going to say, one oil change, sir, and send it out the door. No, You have to expect it's going to cost money every time. Yeah, exactly. The reward for that is... that yeah, The driving you get. Yeah, And the prints everywhere you go... And every time you park up, you're just going to think, God, I'm so happy I own that car. I'm happy that you, you pull up into a car park and you're probably, A, the only one. Oh, yeah. And B, Almost 100% every you, time. You, you park up next to the other bland vehicles that people have bought. And you thought, yeah. Do you know what? I'm glad I bought something that has gills in the side of it. Yeah. And yeah. when I turn it on, it's got a bit of a rumble to yeah, it. Yeah. That isn't, isn't just a bean can that i chucked on the back of exactly the exhaust. exhaust. Yeah. It sounds like an Italian who's waking up in the morning and gone, Ah, the day. You know, yeah. <laughs> um so yeah that, that's it for that one just thought i'd uh go yeah uh, give, a, give a few driving impressions of that well weirdly for such a nice car it it wasn't even emotively akin to your mgb review no which no. i get i still get comments about oh he loves the mgb didn't he yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that mgb gt was uh that oh god let's me. not start on again no. <laughs> that was sticking me for a while that will um but I was like, we'll so have a little leaderboard. We need to get a little leaderboard going of Miles's most emotive cars. Yeah. Weirdly, the MGB is at the top of it at the moment. I had someone ask me this. That it was in. Uh, I think it was a nurse actually. I was having a blood test done. Oh, okay. And I'd taken a magazine with me because I had to wait in the waiting room and stuff. And she was like, "Oh, so what's your favourite car?" And the, you know when someone asked you that, and I was like, oh, "I, I could be. Yeah, we've only got a minute here." <laughs> um, but I said, oh, do you know she you're... was just trying to make conversation. I know. I'd just give her anything. The, the porn, you can say her again. Because she's seen a motoring magazine. She's tried to just make she's a thought, bit oh, of I'm conversation. I'm going to stab this bloke in a second yeah. and don't um, make him feel at ease. But I started to say to so. her, I said, you know what, I drove an MGB uh, GT with the V8 engine, which is the Buick V8. Oh, I was the Spectre and I realised that she'd glazed <laughs> over her. Yeah, she was trying to take your blood but she'd actually fallen asleep. <laughs> and she hadn't heard of the car, obviously. If I'd said, I don't know, you know, a Porsche 911. Yeah. She would have got, oh, yeah, a Porsche. Oh, they're really yeah, nice. Yeah, Porsche, yeah. My, or the, a Ferrari. She's really yeah. got that, yeah. yeah. Uh, got, oh, yeah, I've heard it. But when you say MGBGT with a V8, the, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, oh, is that... Oh, all? okay. Oh, well, you're all done. Well, yeah. You haven't started. <laughs> oh, don't worry, I'll make it up. <laughs> yeah, just, she's just I've got some spare blood. I'll take my own. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then talk to you for an. minute. Please leave. <laughs> you look like such a young chap, but you've got the conversation of an 85-year-old. Yeah. But yeah, no, that, was a, that was a good one. <laughs> um, but yeah, to the most of I'll, I'll probably bring up a couple of other vehicles in time that people ask about. But yeah, we just get the odd question come through on, on stuff that's got pictures on it. And I haven't done much work with this recently, so I haven't been putting any fresh pictures up. And I don't think there'll be anywhere near as much um, this year. No. Uh, just because of our other priorities. So Other commitments have become available. Yeah, and also there is a little bit of. We, we do need to talk about newer stuff as well because oh yeah, of course. especially for our podcast people are, are interested sometimes in you know they've got a budget of whatever and they are looking at yeah possibly just getting something new for the first time or getting themselves yeah. a hot hatch or getting themselves a big fast saloon or whatever it might be and uh if you haven't driven it or you haven't even looked at it it's a bit difficult yeah, to <laughs> sort exactly. of say oh yeah, yeah that's actually the one so have we got anything more sam i don't think we do i think we've covered quite a bit in this podcast but um yeah i think we've done all right Peugeot I'm very interested to know if you're going to go down the route of hydrogen combustion so that's a call out to Honda is it Honda <laughs> yeah Honda, Nissan Honda. Toyota yeah right so you three you can get back to us pretty sharp. sort yourselves out yeah well <laughs> just let us know what you're doing yeah. um, thank you everyone for listening if you do want to as I say, check out any of the, things of the miles driven it's the milesdriven.com for the website and the miles driven uh, Instagram Facebook Twitter otherwise we shall uh, catch you in the next one we will see you guys